Hi everyone, and welcome back to Dissecting Dexter. Your second slice of the Dissecting Dexter cake for this week. Oh my God, did I really just say that? <laughs> it's been a fantastic week. I'm not going to lie to you, and why would I? Obviously we had the chat with Scott Reynolds at the beginning of the week, and again, thanks very much, Scott, if you're listening, for giving up your time so generously to chat to me. Uh, about the latest episode and the season in general and the show in general. Uh, it was brilliant to spend time with you and uh, from the feedback I've been receiving, uh, all the listeners are, are, are very uh, excited about the conversation and very much enjoyed listening to uh, to what we had to say and the questions that we addressed. Uh, and, and thank you to everyone out there who has been sending me feedback specifically about the podcast and how much you enjoyed it. I've been... Do you know what? I've, I've been quite overwhelmed <laughs> on on Twitter, on Facebook, uh, via email. Uh, the the response has been overwhelmingly positive, and 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 thanks to each and every one of you who have uh, reached out to get in touch. Um, thank you. <laughs> uh, even my appearance on the the wrap up podcast uh, uh, didn't didn't get as much response as this has. Uh, so obviously that's a compliment to, to Scott as well. Um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I've been quite taken aback and, and I've been busily, I, I haven't seen to, I don't seem to have been off social media uh, this week, just replying to people and saying thank you. Very kind and I'm very touched. So as I said on, uh, on the previous podcast with Scott, uh, we did go through a bit of the, the listener feedback uh, that I had received in time for my chat with Scott. Uh, since then, I've received a whole bunch more. Uh, so I said I would do a, a separate feedback episode to go through your feedback in, in more detail. Um, and also, I, I referred to, I responded to uh, Chris from Scotland, his voicemail uh, that came in on Monday. Uh, I'll play that in full, although we did respond to his key points in the podcast, but um, I shall be playing Chris's full voicemail. And uh, as I say, a whole bunch more. So uh, yeah, let's dive in, shall we? Listener feedback. All right. So as always, if you want to get in touch, dissectingdexter at gmail.com, where you can send me an email or a voicemail, as so many of you have this week. We've got loads of voicemails, and that's brilliant. You can also drop me a line on Facebook, facebook.com slash dissectingdexter, or Twitter, at dissectdexter. Although, to be fair, email's probably your best bet, because I have a tendency to miss stuff. <laughs> Apologies if, uh, if you've been affected by my uh, ineptitude at spotting everything. <laughs> All right, so... Jessica has emailed to say, as soon as we heard his backstory, I knew in Kurt's own mind he believed himself as a saviour, a saver, not a killer. He was saving women who were running away or perhaps making difficult life choices from themselves by killing them and sparing them potentially horrific experiences. He is very much a Dexter, but instead of born in blood, he was born in abuse. But he allowed that to justify his actions. Sound familiar? Sorry, excuse my cat there. I don't know if you heard that. And again, be quiet, you. Get, you are, you're gatecrashing the podcast. Yeah, just like your Uncle Dexter, wherever he is now. 
long-term listeners will know who I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, sorry, Jessica, uh, who goes on to say, this episode was intense. Seeing Harrison react to the blood, watching Angela's realisation that Molly is missing, the final reveal of many people's predictions of Molly being Kurt's victim, a.k.a. an exception to his rule, perhaps as Matt was to Dexter, and, of course, Kurt's inner motivation and then death. Uh, Jessica also says she's looking forward to the Harrison New Blood version of this podcast. <laughs> Thanks, Jessica. We'll see about the Harrison spin-off, but there, if there is one, maybe I'll have to rename this podcast. Yes, that was an interesting insight into Kurt's psyche, knowing that he believed himself to be a saver, not a killer. We talked last week about his origin, being born from being abandoned by his mother, and perhaps that fear triggered him killing Iris. But what we speculated last week was how that developed or evolved into the MO we've seen in the show. And Scott had some input into that, of course, as writer <laughs> this week. Maybe this notion of saving runaways and sparing them from the abuse he witnessed his dad committing, maybe that influenced how his MO evolved and his motivation or justification for doing it. I can't believe I just had a discussion with my cat halfway through that email. And there, dear listeners, you have a little insight into my psyche. <laughs> so... We've heard from Chris in Scotland this week, and although I didn't play his voicemail to Scott, we did talk about some of his key points. However, we talked about, uh, sorry, Chris talked about a lot more, so I'll play his full message now. Thanks for calling in, Chris. Hi, Gareth. Chris here from Scotland with my feedback for episode nine, The Family Business. Again, enjoyed this episode, thought it was fantastic. I'm just going to give some quick thoughts on some of the parts that I enjoyed and some random thoughts. Hope to hear yours back. The Dexter and Harrison scenes um, seem to be the scenes that we have all been waiting for um, throughout this series. And they were excellent, as suspected. Just a little side note, though. Dexter saying that he, he had killed... <clears throat> the Trinity Killer for what he did to Rita, a little white lie, but, but I can fully understand why he would have said that to Harrison. And maybe in Dexter's mind, although he killed Arthur Mitchell before he killed Rita, it was revenge in a weird way for him. Harrison's line about Dexter having saved thousands of innocent people. This to me is a con comment that mirrors us as an audience. That, um, for me, is at least how I justify rooting for Dexter in my head. There was also two Batman references and Vigilante references sprinkled throughout the episode. I love Dexter's line, I prefer the Dark Defender. Nice callback there. I've seen a lot of people, or read a lot of people, not enjoying Dexter breaking the fourth wall. For me, that was excellent. Um, it was really different and Michael Seahall was at his imperious best during those scenes. And because he was telling the story of Wiggles to Harrison, I thought it was fine. It wasn't really a proper flashback, it was more Dexter recounting a, a story to, to Harrison. So the breaking of the fourth wall for me worked really effectively there. 
Angela not picking up on Dex on sorry, or Dexter not picking up on Angela's social cues throughout the episode was also um, an excellent callback for me. We know that Dexter can tune into serial killers and has great theories on crimes that have happened and we've seen in the original series. Deb often asking Dexter about his hunches and thoughts on him. But in the original series, he often didn't pick up on just normal social cues. And we've seen that here again here. We've seen Angela turning her cheek to Dexter when he tried to kiss her. And on one, and I actually think it was possibly two occasions, Dexter said that he loved her and she didn't say it back. Now, for any normal person, for example myself, if I um, tried to kiss my wife on the cheek or said that I loved her twice and she didn't say it back, I would think, okay, what have I done wrong? What's what's up here? And I would um, speak to her about that, but Dexter didn't pick up on that. Obviously, he's preoccupied with Harrison and Kurt and all the other things going on, but it is true to the character that we know and love that he wouldn't pick up on these things. Kurt Caldwell is no more. We finally got to see his, his house of horrors and we also heard more about how he rationalised killing his victims. Clancy Brown, take a bow, son. It was a good call um, for those and yourself, Gareth, who predicted last week that Molly would show up as one of his victims. No more merry fucking kill, I guess. It was really jarring for me personally seeing Dexter cut up Kurt's body. I may be wrong here, but I don't think the original sh series showed us this in as much detail. Again, I could be wrong, but in my mind, and I did do a rewatch before uh, New Blood, I don't think it was as graphic as what we've seen in this latest episode. Did they do this to put us, the viewer, in Harrison's shoes? We've seen him reacting to the blood as it came closer to him, and it got me thinking. Dexter's been worried all season about Harrison rejecting him. Will it actually be the opposite? And will it be Harrison rejecting Dexter now that he has seen um, firsthand who his dad really is? Another point I wanted to make, Gareth, is while it wasn't as horrible as the Trinity Killer's final blow, the letter to Angela about Jim killing Matt reminded me of this in a sense, that Dexter thought he had won uh, by killing the victim, only for something to have been done prior to Kurt and Arthur ending up in his table. So that was an interesting parallel as well. Anya, Angela sort of continues to unravel Dexter's connection or the fact that he actually is the Bay Harbour Butcher. I was thinking, is it me or is it getting a little bit annoying that Angela seems to have forgotten all about the missing women? It seems after the discovery of Iris's body and obviously her investigation into to Dexter, that this has been sidelined. And we have been told as an audience that this was her sole being for being a police officer um, in the first place. So it seems silly to me that she's forgotten all about that. Obviously, she now knows that some things went wrong with Molly. She knows that Molly actually hasn't left Iron Lake. Is she going to think that Dexter killed Molly? <clears throat> Excuse me. I think that could be a logical step for her to take, um, considering she was listening to her podcast on the Bay Harbour Butcher in this episode. Um, again, thinking about Edward Olsen, I mean, was he just a red herring? Um, if that is the case, what was the point in him? He was all over the early episodes of Dexter New Blood. It reminds me a little bit of the Lewis plot, um, albeit um, with much less screen time. 
I don't know if I'm banging this drum um, and it's not actually going to go anywhere, but surely we are going to see him again. But one episode to go, maybe not. Speaking of one episode to go, can this really be the end? I'm definitely not ready for this to be an end of the whole series. A season finale, yes, but not a series finale. We will see next week. Final thought, Dexter literally gave Harrison Chekhov's gun this week. We will see where that goes. Thanks again, Gareth. Hope you had a nice new year and hope all my fellow Dissecting Dexter listeners also had a happy start to 2022. Hopefully it's a better one for us all. I'll see you in another life, brother. We went from zero to 100 real fast. Hi, guys. Hi, Gareth. Des here. Hi, that episode was a lot. I actually had to walk away before I could even make this voice note because that was a lot. That was so intense. I mean, it was amazing. It was incredible. But oh my God, I had to pause the episode so many times to just catch my breath. It was twice. I paused the episode twice, but that's so many times for a Dexter episode. Come on. Oh my, Lanta. I mean, okay, from the start, loved it. Loved the whole Mr. Wiggles segment with Deb cutting in. That was hilarious and adorable. <laughs> also, they were playing the old music from the TV show, which really gave it the feel that this was happening in Miami. And um, I gotta be honest, just, I know I already said I loved it, but I really did just love the way that he was telling the story and cutting to the camera and looking at us, but also in the moment. (laughs) Ah, man. And telling Harrison, enough. You know, like at the start of the episode, I was like, sweet, cool. We're not, we're not gonna go ham just yet. Just, yeah, tell him there are ways to channel this good on you dexter and then it was christmas and that was so adorable and the sweaters oh i loved it the sweaters wow dexter of yesteryear would never have worn such a christmas sweater but hey we're not with dexter of yesteryear are we oh man but then he gifted him the gun that was my first red flag i was like dexter no i don't care that you're in upstate new york and by the way i myself am from new york but the city not from upstate i've been upstate it's true everybody's got a gun that's the midwest in america thank you society i hate it (laughs) but okay gives him the gun and I just had this sinking feeling it's interesting you know he has the razor from Trinity and now he's got the rifle from Kurt I guess all he's missing is a saw Gareth (sighs) okay the Christmas scene was so awkward so uncomfortable Angela was like please don't touch me and Dexter is just like la 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 I notice nothing la 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 I'm the normal boyfriend by the way here's a book on how to catch me Oh, man, I love this episode, but my emotions, my emotions were being stretched out like taffy. And then, of course, Kurt showed up, but he showed up so much earlier in the episode than I thought. And then they're gone. Audrey was like, that was weird, right? And I was like, yes, Audrey, that was really weird. (laughs) Uh, And Angela's like, act natural, nothing weird is happening. I don't think my boyfriend's the Bay Harbor Butcher. Yes, I do. 
But then, holy moly, they just went straight to it. Straight to it. I am not okay with this. I am not okay with Dexter chopping up a body in front of his son. That was not okay. No. No, Dexter. You have fucked him up. You have fucked him up worse than he was already fucked up, and you're way too happy about this. Gareth, I do not like these chain of events. I'm not okay. Oh, my lord. I mean, I know he wants it to be there, But, I mean, listen, Kurt sowed those final seeds. He planted the seeds. I mean, it was really cool to see the room. And, I mean, look, there was Molly. We all all heard it. And uh, y'all were right. You called it. I still don't know how he got Molly. Obviously, none of us know. We can only speculate. But, I mean, she just didn't fit his regular M.O. So that wasn't a regular kill for him either. And he had already gotten rid of his torture room. So... And he's dead now, so it's not like we're going to see a flashback. I do hope Angela gets to see this room of women. I mean, I know it looks like from the promotional photos we've seen that she will, but holy crap, this week exhausted me. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to make it to next week. Of course I will, but I mean, like, I'm going to savor this week too. See, this is why we had to savor that hug from last week, everyone, because all hell just broke loose. Oh my god, Dexter, I can't believe you just hacked him up. So gleeful, so excited, and and he was hacking, he was like using an axe, so it like wasn't even his regular M.O. So disturbing to get all the answers from your father, and your father's like, tee hee hee, I'm a fucking monster! Which, I mean, we knew. The audience knew. We love Dexter. We know he's a monster. But no, this was next level monstrous. In 24 hours, your son went from almost being murdered to watching you do the murdering to watching the gory chopping up of a body and then having Trinity flashbacks. Which, by the way, everyone, yes, I dreamt about Trinity last night. I mean, okay, that was on me because... I thought it would be a great idea for a palate cleanser to go back and watch some season four episodes since Trinity's been coming up. And it's so disturbing to rewatch season four as this season's unfolding because you see baby Harrison and it's like, I know where your future's headed, kids. Oh, no. Okay. Those are my sum ups. Oh, except for this. My final thought. Because... Kurt told him that he tried to kill him as revenge for Dexter killing Matt, which, of course, Harrison didn't know. And then Dexter like, fuck, 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 you weren't supposed to tell my son. (laughs) By the way, can't stop dropping F-bombs. Sorry, not sorry. Um, And then Dexter was like, he fit the code. But I really wish that he had told them the truth that Matt almost killed Dexter. He almost killed Dexter. That that was like a thing that happened. And just like his mom, Dexter was born in blood again. That is why he fell off the bandwagon. He was covered in the blood of the white deer, like second baptism over here. All right, folks, I I just got to put this one down. That was a lot. That was so much. I'm so stressed for next episode. But hey, as you say, Gareth, trust the writers. So let's see what happens. Happy New Year, everyone. One episode left. Des out. Bye. Thanks, Des. Glad you had fun with this one. There was so much going on, wasn't there? (laughs) And so much to savour. 
not just the echoes of the original series. I was worried too when Dexter gave Harrison the gun. There is surely no way that thing doesn't get fired at some point in the finale, is there? <laughs> you mentioned he's got the razor too, so who knows? Maybe if both characters survive the finale, maybe Dexter will get him a chainsaw for his birthday. And yeah, it, it was pretty shocking that Dexter went the whole nine yards in front of Harrison. He really got carried away, didn't he? Too much too soon, possibly? Well, full speed ahead for the finale, and I hope you enjoy it and share your thoughts next week. Zane in Wichita, Kansas has been in touch, and he writes, I have a theory for the finale that potentially pulls together a few other things that you've mentioned on your podcast, and maybe this is out there somewhere else online, but I've mostly been following your podcast and the official wrap-up podcast. What I'm envisioning is that ha Angela puts a large enough amount of evidence together to start officially bringing Dexter in for questioning, potentially even in handcuffs. Harrison, with his newfound connection to Daddy Dexter, will come, will come to, in Harrison's eyes, come to defend Dexter and somehow kill Angela in an over-the-top gruesome manner. Dexter will see this and be horrified at what has happened to Angela, who obviously doesn't fit the code, and the satisfaction that Harrison has got from an ugly kill, and Dexter will decide to kill Harrison because he feels that Harrison's dark passenger is too strong to be contained by following the code. <sighs> Another variation on this theory is that when Harrison attempts to murder Angela, Dexter will somehow get in the way and be killed himself, leaving Angela to arrest Harrison, who then has to decide if he should tell her the truth about Dexter's past or keep the secret a perfect segue into a second season focused on Harrison. Thanks, Zane. There are publicity stills for the finale out there, all official from Showtime, but they do seem to support an element of what you've predicted. Between all of us, we've covered a lot of possibilities of how this will turn out, and perhaps one of the theories will end up being the right one. Or, maybe it will be something else entirely. Here's Kim in Las Vegas. I was right. Molly, gone. Episode 9. Not really all that excited about it. That was about the creepiest display I've ever seen. Displaying his trophies like that in those cases. That was... That was something. But uh, at least he's gone. Harrison... I don't know how I feel yet about his dark passenger. Guess I'm gonna have to just live with that at this point. But I don't. Dexter was just so excited about having his son along for a kill that he didn't stop to think that maybe seeing all that blood pulling around might have been a little traumatizing for Harrison. I don't know if Harrison's going to come around and become a killer himself. It seems like that's where that's leading. I. Don't really know what's going to go on for the last episode, and I'm excited to see what's going on, but Kurt definitely left himself some messages behind, and I just wonder how this is going to pan out. Do you think Dexter's going to get away again? Because this show is very, very apprehensive about killing Dexter. And then there's the apprehension that maybe... They're trying to string out another season. I'm not sure how I'd feel about that. I kind of want the story to come to a nice conclusion at some point. As much as I love Dexter, I don't know if I can deal with 
just hundreds of episodes of the same thing because nobody wants to let this man go. But a satisfying ending would be nice. I'd prefer it around this next episode because there's only one. However, I don't know. It doesn't seem exactly finished. And if they wanted to end Dexter correctly, I think they should have done a couple things to make us a little more... I don't know. I just don't feel like this is resolving to anything that could end the show. But we'll see. I can be wrong. I've been wrong before. All right. Well, here's to the next episode. Thanks, Kim. Dexter really did get carried away, didn't he? I suppose he wasn't to know what the trigger would be for Harrison, but wow, (laughs) just wow, that was a lot to witness and take in. I know what you mean about wanting this to come to a decent conclusion and not just keep stringing the show along for the sake of it. I don't have any feeling that this is their intention, not at all. Scott said the other day that Michael only came back because it was an interesting story with teenage Harrison and not just not just a rehash of an old season. I love this show though, <laughs> as most of us do, and part of me wants it to keep going. But that's my heart talking. My head is saying, like you, that things should play out to a natural and organic ending. Moving on, John Richardson has emailed to say, I just finished watching episode 9 and I liked it well enough. I don't really have much to say about this episode other than I liked it more than most of them. Not a favourite, but I did like it. This conversation that Dexter and Harrison had should have happened six episodes ago, but now everything except Angela's investigation and the titanium screws have all to be resolved in one episode. Plus, everything seems to be pointing to Dexter going to jail at the end of episode 10. That, at least for me, would be the most unsatisfying ending that they could do. Either kill him or let the series end with him and Harrison in a new city teaching the code to carry on the family legacy. Dexter going to prison is practically the same as him in self-imposed exile. It's the most unsatisfying thing that could happen. Like I said, I like the episode. It's mostly what I wanted, and since there's only one episode to go, they couldn't dwell on if Dexter will tell Harrison the whole truth about killing. I suspected Harrison would be there for the Kirk kill. So did the rest of the internet. Molly was seemingly Kirk's last victim much like the rest of the internet predicted. But, unless there's some fancy chicanery in episode 10, I suspect everything points to Dexter will finally go to jail. A fate for the ending of Dexter that is even more unsatisfying to me than his self-exile isolation nonsense at the end of season 8. It's legitimately the worst possible ending for me and this series. Dexter goes to jail. To what end? And with what evidence other than circumstantial? Why has Angela suddenly lost interest in Kurt and is so fixated on Dexter? What happens to Harrison if Dexter goes to jail? I fear what episode 10 will bring. Speaking of Angela, why has she totally given up on Kurt? Does Iris suddenly not matter now that she suspects Dexter is a bigger prize than the guy that killed her supposed best friend? I don't understand her recent thought process and why Iris is yesterday's news. Will Kurt's sudden disappearance make her suspect Dexter even more? Why would she want 
to put in jail the one who actually brought even just a little bit of justice to the murderer of her friend. When or if they find Kurt's trophies, what then? And if Dexter the series as a whole ends with Dexter going to prison, will people even find that to be satisfactory? It's the last thing I want. In no world will a lame ass Dexter must pay for his crime's ending be good. If they want to end Dexter, kill him and Harrison off. A hard, definitive end is much preferred to me. My most preferred is Dexter and Harrison start over in a new city. Can Dexter fully teach Harrison the code? They don't need to continue the series after that, just that Dexter works better for me as a happy ending since most seasons of Dexter are not happy endings. You could argue that no seasons of Dexter are happy endings. Gareth, I know you say trust the show and I will hope for the best, but I do suspect the worst. For a show that's apparently about fathers and sons, the primary father and son show... Uh, the primary father and son of the show sure didn't spend nearly enough screen time together. Thanks, John. So, <laughs> it's, it seems you were quite, well, a bit lukewarm on this week's episode. Although you do say you liked it. Just perhaps not as much as a lot of other people. Yes, a fair bit of what happened this week involves stuff we theorised about, like Molly being dead or Harrison being witness to Dexter killing Kurt. But is that something to criticise the writers for? You could argue that yes it is, we should be surprised every week, and that's not a completely unfair expectation. However, for us as long-term fans of the show who pick it apart each week, it's not hard to theorise, it's natural. And of course when you do that, sometimes you'll be right. And then when you go on Reddit <laughs> or other places on the internet or listening to uh, podcasts, <clears throat> you'll hear things that you might not have thought of. They're providing further predictions to have in your head. Plus, I think audiences are really intelligent. And, and shows like Lost, particularly shows like Lost, have trained us to analyse and think into things, take a deep dive and come up with theories. For the finale, of course, we're united. We all hope it will be something satisfying. Why would we not? Whatever it may be, as long as it's satisfying. I'm not sure everyone will end up being happy. You know, there's that phrase, you can't please all the people all of the time. But I hope everyone is happy. Of course we all want to be happy. But I... <sighs> It's inevitable, isn't it? We all have our own expectations and not everyone will get the ending that they're hoping for. To some of your specific points, I don't know, I don't know if you've listened to the conversation I had with Scott. We do address some of the points that you raised. What we will get from the finale is the story that the writers want to tell. It is their story <laughs> at the end of the day, isn't it? It's their story. But it's inevitable with shows that you get passionate about. We, we take ownership of the show ourselves, don't we? <laughs> we feel outraged when it doesn't go in a direction that we want it to go, or there's a turn of events that we're not on board with. I guess it, it, it and like I said to Scott, to keep dropping his name, sorry. <laughs> It'll happen a lot this, this episode. Um, 
it only shows that we care, that we that we um, that we do this, that we we do this at analysing and what could be seen sometimes as nitpicking. It shows that we care. If we didn't, it, we'd just sit there every week and let it wash over us. And perhaps then the writers aren't doing their job, you know, making us care, making us want to dig into it. it it's a compliment to their writing that we, we feel the need to do that. Anyway, all that said, hand on heart, John, I hope you enjoy the finale. And, you know, drop me a line next week and, and let me know how you feel about it. Hi, Gareth. This is Sarah from New York. I've sent you an email into the podcast before, but this is my first time sending a voicemail. Um, I figured that episode nine is probably as good a time as any, seeing as it was, in my opinion, the best episode so far of this New Blood season. I um, really enjoyed the beginning sequence this time of where Dexter was breaking the fourth wall, kind of, with the wiggle scene. Also, that Batman and Dark Defender reference that kind of calls back to, I think it might have been season two when they had that episode of the Dark Defender comic book. Um, I was super, super satisfied with how Harrison was on Christmas. His happiness was just a long time coming. Um, obviously, it never lasts in this show, but it was a nice little thing that we got to see, finally. Um, and then as the episode went by, I felt like that anticipation just building and building about Harrison asking more questions. Um, I had a feeling that eventually we had to tell Harrison that Dexter was a killer, but it was a long time coming. Um, when they finally revealed Kurt's um, mausoleum, so to speak... I honestly almost didn't realize that Molly was there at the end. Um, I wonder if they'll show us some kind of a flashback of how she got there, what might have happened to her to get her onto Kurt's table. Um, and speaking of Kurt, I, I want to say that I was a little bit disappointed at his explanation as to why he did all of this. I... I know we got some of the backstory with his father, but I really don't know that I buy his whole ritual just coming out of nowhere. Um, I would love to hear a little bit more about that, but I don't know if we'll get it seeing as he's dead. And I think the focus might be turning more on to Dexter for episode 10. Um, but also in Kurt's side, I something about what he said when he admitted finally that he was the one killing these women he said something like oh yeah you got me that's all me every bit of it and I wondered if there's something to that like is there a possibility still that someone else is working with him or maybe it was someone else's idea and he just kind of finalized everything I'm not really sure what to think of that but I guess we'll see and then finally the big question that I have is, does Dexter fit the code? Um, I know that they focused a lot on Harrison's reactions to this final kill in episode nine. Um, and they made sure to emphasize the things that Dexter was saying to Kurt about, you know, wanting to just have that terror, the power over people. And we as viewers really know that that's a lot of what Dexter gets out of this. He doesn't do it strictly because he wants to, you know, clean up the streets. He wants to be 
a killer. He wants to get that thrill and satisfy his dark passenger, just like Kurt really does. Um, so I'm wondering where that's going to go as far as Harrison next episode. Will he kill Dexter? I know that's been the question for nine episodes nearly. Um, I guess we'll see. Thanks, Sarah. Great to hear from you in this way. It's, it's lovely to get emails, but it's nice to put a voice to the name too. About Molly. You know what? I don't think they'll tell us how Kirk got her. With only an hour left of the show, they'll undoubtedly have bigger things to address, and I'm okay with that. I suspect Kurt probably jumped her unawares and, and, and bundled her off to the cabin in the back of his, his truck. He probably threw another tantrum because he won't have had time to do his usual ritual and Molly wasn't a runaway to begin with. About Kurt's ritual, I think we pretty much got confirmation from Scott that the ritual involved, uh, evolved from Kurt thinking that he was saving these girls and each time he was recreating what happened with his first victim, Iris. For me, I think I'm fine with that and don't need them to explain any further. But like you, I don't think they will either. It will all be about Dexter and Harrison next week. And rightly so. But does Dexter fit the code? That is a big question. Yes. <laughs> yes, he most definitely does. That's a big yes. I just wondered, though, if, if Harrison did get him on the table, how would Dexter react to that? Would he be there all taped up, proud? Would he be proud of his son? Would he have a panic? Maybe not, <laughs> as we've seen him in mortal danger before and he's been pretty calm about it. Would he try to talk Harrison out of it? Or talk him through it? Help him do it the right way? Blimey, I could see that. It would be something suitably screwed up that the show could do. Another Star Wars reference here. The Apprentice killing the master. Chris in Scotland will like that one. <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. Hope to hear from you again next week. Hello, Gareth. It's Deanna from Alberta. Am I ever happy you were able to podcast about this season at Exeter? The amazing community that built up around your podcast in those years of podcasting, often from your mobile studio, is something you should be very proud of. Um, returning these past weeks to your dulcet tones and blasts from the past in the feedback section are truly something to look forward to again. The feedback and your feedback on the feedback have been great this season. As episode 9, the family business ended, loaded with so much happening and yet over so fast, I sat there thinking, is there really only one episode left? How did we get here so fast? My voicemail this week is actually more about some of the more meta aspects of the show so far. Unlike a lot of your other contributors, I never did rewatch a single episode of Dexter. And I do appreciate the feedback that reminds me of some long-forgotten reference from one of the other seasons. The community insight is enriching my experience. But Dexter's final episode was just like one of his blades to my heart, and the show was pretty much dead to me. After your big mega roundtable wrap-up episode of the series, I never did look back. The heartbreak of my Dexter experience was kind of mirrored and the experience I ended up having a few years later with Game of Thrones. It was another series I pulled my, I just poured my full self into 
devouring books and hours of podcasts, theory crafting, merch. And when the show started to go off the rails, I found myself saying, trust the show. The earliest seasons have proved themselves. Surely it'll be okay. And I repeated your mantra right through those last seasons and the last episode. And then the showrunners of that show plunged their Valyrian blade into my heart. Now there's another series in for Game of Thrones coming around. And I didn't much care or trust it. But now that I see how well this season of Dexter's gone, maybe I might be open to it. I have to say the season's been very entertaining. And... While the last weeks have seemed rushed a little compared just to complete series arcs, I think, um, there have been a few shortcuts. Your feedback section is starting to reflect this a little. I think those burned by the original series might be quick to leap on those shortcuts as harbingers of doom. Trust the show, you remind us. And it seems that once our willing suspension of disbelief has been shattered, the show starts to fall apart. Um, and then you're on the lookout for more mistakes. I also think that the standards of writing on prestige television expected by viewers is so much higher. Especially on a show like Dexter that trained us in those earliest seasons to be on the lookout. Subreddits, think pieces, and podcasts all by their very nature analyze each minute detail episode by episode and critique them endlessly sometimes not even giving a chance to the show to reveal a reason for something in a later episode. Trust the show. I'm fascinated thinking about what the last episode will bring. In the meta, I tell myself, it must have been something really, really compelling to get Michael C. Hall to return to the role. For Showtime, it was a no-brainer, but I want to believe there had to be something in the pitch that gave him a chance at a do-over for a pretty much universally panned series finale. In a world where Clyde Phillips can take over and try and land the show the way he wants, I'm intrigued. I'm also kind of confronted with my own feelings. As charming as Dexter is, as much as I understand his motivations and inner dialogue, in the end, a serial killer. Originally, a killer that killed horrible killers, yes, but... Coming back to Dexter eight years after he became a lumberjack, I feel differently about him today, especially after watching him include his son in his murder ritual. What will justice be next week? Thanks for indulging me, Gareth. Thanks, Deanna. This was a really fantastic voicemail, and it's great to hear from you again. You mentioned blasts from the past, but you were one of those. You were a regular feedbacker, in the original series and even came on our roundtable chat at the end of season eight if uh, I remember right. Anyway lovely to hear from you and thanks for the kind words. I keep saying it but I'll say it again you'll get bored of me saying it. This season has been the most fun I've had podcasting. It's great and I'll, I'll be sad when it's done and I go back to season three the rewatch podcasts and I will. I will finish what I started. <laughs> Although Let's be honest, talking about old Dexter is better than not talking about Dexter at all, right? Your points. You speak a whole lot of sense about viewer expectation and how, particularly for Dexter, we judge the show according to the original Clyde Phillips era when it was inarguably at its best. 
We do expect a high standard from Prestige TV, that's true. The bar has been set so high by, by some incredible TV shows. You make a wonderful point how we can sometimes jump down a show's throat for something that doesn't make perfect sense. <gasps> a plot hole. <laughs> so often a show will reveal something later that gives an answer to help that thing make sense. Perhaps it's a downside of analysing a show week by week, episode by episode as we are. We don't have that foresight to know if a plot hole is going to get filled later or if it will remain a plot hole. If Scott is listening to this right now, he'll be furiously nodding his head. <laughs> I'm nodding my head, can you hear me? Uh, and he'll be agreeing with you, Deanna. It's why I adopted the, the mantra of trust the show. I know many got burned by the later seasons of Dexter and were left disappointed. And that's tough for fans. And it's surely tough for the showmakers as well to, to, to hear that. I can see both sides of it. I can. I don't want to be a shill. <laughs> but I do think we are often best advised to wait until a show's done. So then we can assess the thing as a whole. If a, if a plot hole remains, we can talk about them. That said, I definitely wouldn't want to put anyone off writing in with criticisms. I've had them too, myself, of course. And all opinions are valid, and it's good to get a balance. It's important to get a balance. Your final point about the character of Dexter. With Scott, I used the phrase Breaking Bad, with Dexter showing Harrison his entire kill ritual. Was it a bridge too far? As a parent, it's bloody horrifying to the extreme. <laughs> are, there some, some, are there some fans out there who looked at that and thought, that's just too much, and, and taken a dislike to Dexter now, to the character? I've not heard from any, but they may be out there. <laughs> Is this the point of no return? possibly, but it sets up a very interesting finale with moral questions for us as viewers, never mind issues of plot to resolve. And it's good, perhaps, that we've got these questions to ask of ourselves and ask of the show. A, a show should be thought-provoking and make you feel something. It's like that visceral thing we were talking about uh, the other night. Anyway, that was a, a brilliant voicemail, Diana. Thank you. Very thought-provoking. Thanks so much. Shai in Israel has emailed to say, you had a great interview with Scott Reynolds. You got some interesting stories. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Shai says, I was happy to hear that they were aware of the ketamine M99 issue, but his answer didn't satisfy me. In Angela's search, it was written clearly that the Bay Harbor Butcher used ketamine, not ketamine or a torphine or something else. They could, they could have avoided this so easily by making Angela search for Miami Metro Plus Tranquilizer and then getting the same results. As for episode 9, which was very good and exciting, here are some points. I mentioned from the start that Harrison looks like Zach Hamilton from season 8. Now I'm quite sure it's no coincidence. Dexter is now mentoring Harrison like he started to do with Zach. I wish you could have asked Scott about it. They seemed to forget that two episodes ago, Audrey got away from Harrison 
and Angela is wondering if she can still be with Dexter. Now both couples are hanging together like nothing happened. Like the ketamine gate, they could have solved it by adding a sentence of dialogue. Teaching the code was rushed, and it's a shame we only had one episode for that. In such special event series, I wish they had started with it earlier and developed this story instead of wasting much of the series with Dexter going after yet another big bad, as we saw many times before. This would also reduce the amount of angry teenager bullshit we had for most season. As much as it was fun to see Dexter teaching Harrison, we suddenly jumped from Dexter thinking how to approach Harrison's dark urges and that really stunning sentence, what Harry did to you was child abuse, to what we saw in this episode. I'm happy we're done with Kurt before the final episode. Now we can focus on Dexter and his possible reveal by Angela. We didn't get any good reasoning for why Kurt did what he did. And I guess we won't get it in the final episode. That bullshit about saving the girls from the bad guys out there just wasn't satisfying for me. Kurt going after Molly was also not thought through enough in the writing room. That's a bad decision a killer like Kurt is unlikely to do, especially a day or two after his arrest with Angela still suspicious of him. Final episode, Dexter has to die or get caught. If they make him run again, I'll count it as cheating. Thanks for that, Shy. Where should I start? <laughs> Lots of points there. Um, I agree with you about Kurt. I'm, uh, narratively speaking, I'm glad he's out of the way before the finale. This season is about Dexter and Harrison, and it's right that they should be the focus for the finale without having to deal with the big bad. Regarding Kurt's motivation for killing, I guess we can never fully understand a psychopath. More often than not, someone is like that because of traumatic experiences as a child, and they've shown us how he could have grown up with issues. His only parent was the abusive father, and so there was probably a serious lack of love and nurture as he grew up, things that would have helped mitigate any potential mental health issues. He presumably had no professional help growing up, so his psychosis could just develop, if psychosis is the right word here. <laughs> Apologies to any mental health professionals out there if I'm using it out of context. Basically, I, I'm, I'm personally okay with understanding why Kurt was like that. Molly, she was a threat to Kurt, and so was Jim, once they'd seen the cabin, and Kurt knew that Molly is an investigator who would continue to ask questions. We also saw that when his ritual was upset, he reacted badly, childishly and irrationally. He'd lost his precious cabin that was such a fundamental part of enabling him somewhere safe and quiet to do his killing. But that was no more. He'd gone off the rails, perhaps, and made that play to kill Molly. Bad decision, yes. But I can see how he would react emotionally, not logically. They, those decisions are made in two different parts of the brain. Teaching Harrison the code. Yeah, yeah, this did feel rushed, but... I think it was driven by Dexter's relief. Despite Deb's warning, he just put it all out there. Blah! It just came out. Possibly went too far too soon, like we said uh, a minute ago after Desi's voicemail. Thanks, Shite. 
I hope you enjoy the finale. Nick Henderson has been back in touch and he writes, First, I just want to say that I love the chat with Scott. Great episode. I now have watched episode nine, The Family Business, three times. And I think this might be in my top five episodes of the entire show. It's jam-packed with stunning sets, beautiful camera work and juicy conversations that feel earned. In fact, it's so packed that I don't know if I can pick my favourite singular moment. The entire Mr Wiggles flashback was not only an incredible homage to the original series, but also a wonderful melding of old and new. I loved how Deb stopped him from telling Harrison about the bloodslides, causing the scalpel to vanish out of his hand. Despite, the cha despite changing the story at the last second, we still got to see a great kill from his glory days as the Bay Harbour Butcher. I could go on and on about this episode, so I'll just fast forward to the Kurt kill scene, which was so well done. Not just as a great Dexter kill, but also because, of the, di of, but also because the dynamic felt totally different with Harrison present in the room. I found it disturbing how pleased Dexter seemed to be with himself, while Harrison seemed almost to regret it as, as soon as the blood started to pull at his feet. It was a sick and important reminder to the audience that despite being a person we love to root for, Dexter is incredibly disturbed. I'm still not sure where this is going or how Harrison actually feels inside, but I can see it going any number of directions. It's an exciting feeling to have going into the finale. I'll spare you from reading a novel, but this was such a great episode. Despite seeing some of these moments coming for a while, they still had impact because of the writing and execution. I'm so sad it has to end, but also thrilled with what we've got. Thanks, Nick. Scott said that they were happy with how Jack Alcott remained quite inscrutable in that scene. He seemed quite mesmerised by it all, but that pooling blood, it snapped him out of his trance and caused him to back out. In the cold light of day, how will he feel? <laughs> I love that it's unclear at this point. It keeps us guessing which way he'll go in the finale. I agree with you that overall this was a really great episode of Dexter by any standard. It can stand alongside some of the classics from the Halcyon days of the first four seasons. As you said, straddling the line between flavours of OG Dexter and the new flavours and themes of Dexter New Blood. Anyone listening who hasn't heard this week's Dexter wrap-up podcast should definitely give it a listen. It's got Clancy Brown talking about Kurt, but then Scott talks to director Marco Siega and director of photography Hilary Spira. They go quite long, but it's a wonderful discussion, fascinating chat about the making of the show, the looks, the tricks, the big stuff, the subtle stuff. I found it really fascinating, perhaps one of the best wrap-up conversations that Scott's had. I urge anyone to check it out. Hi, Gareth. This is Casper from Denmark with some feedback. Uh, it's been a long time since I made feedback. Uh, I remember doing some feedback for your podcast way back in season one when you were re-watching season one, so... That's a long time ago, <laughs> but uh, it has to take it had to take uh, an episode like this to get me out of 
feedback retirement because what an amazing episode it was. Uh, I'm, I was literally at the edge of my seat the whole the whole time. A 10 out of 10 episode for me and I've been mean, um, just on the beginning of the episode with with the uh, flashback to Miami and, and the killing of Wiggles and, and the way that Dexter revealed who he was uh, to Harrison was very, very good writing from Scott Reynolds and the, the rest of the, the Dexter writers. And um, to the conclusion of, of the episode with the kill of Kurt, uh, probably one of my uh, favorite uh, kill table scenes uh, of the whole series. Um, actually, I think it's the first time I actually felt bad. Uh, not because Kurt uh, was a shouldn't be killed, but 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 the the way you saw the killing in in through the eyes of Harrison made made us look different on on what Dexter actually is is doing, and no doubt Dexter is a psychopath, and what he is doing is to to feed his own urges. Um so it was it was very very uh, well written and an excellent performance from all the, the actors um and 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 it was clearly to me that the Dexter is manipulating Harrison I mean of course Harrison has some dark urges but I don't think he has a kind of a a dark passenger like Dexter has and the way he he almost made him say the things he wanted to hear It was almost too perfect. Um, it was almost like you could see the ticker tape parade in, in in Dexter's mind, like we saw in his fantasy in, in season one, with with all the signs. You, Dexter is a hero, and and so on. This is all Dexter ever wanted, like you also have said in in your, your previous podcast. So I think this is going to be the downfall of Dexter. I think Harrison is going to betray him. Either by killing him or or giving him up to to the police, so um, I can't wait to to see the the conclusion because I think this will be the final episode of Dexter. Sadly, but but it has to end someday, and and I don't think I mean nine seasons is is a good run, and and to end this end the series in in this amazing way will be a great conclusion for us all. So. I think this is the end, but but uh, what a great ending it will be. So, finally, I want to say thank you for doing this, Gareth. You have been amazing. Uh, you are, I mean, this season of of podcast has been some of your best work. Uh, you you you're better and better. Uh, I mean, I'm very impressed, and you have some great guests, uh, which I think a lot of us uh, listeners are very happy to to also have that in in your podcast so thank you for doing this and uh, i will probably send some feedback uh for the final unless the internet is broken <laughs> which it probably will be but um <laughs> well we'll see but um yeah thank you again gareth and, uh, and thanks casper that's so kind i almost got a bit emotional listening to you at the end there <laughs> that was so nice of you yes What do we do next week if the internet's broken? <laughs> Maybe I should give out my home address so you can send feedback by airmail. Letters. Do you remember letters? <laughs> Imagine that. 
using your hand with this thing filled with ink called a pen and writing these words on a, a piece of um, paper. That's right. Casper, <laughs> my friend, you are one of my longest listeners. I didn't get much feedback in season one, so thank you for supporting me back then. It's brilliant that you love this episode so much. You are absolutely right about the Kurt kill table scene. It was so different because we saw it through Harrison's eyes. And because of that, it felt more horrific. And that's a credit to the show for creating such an effective scene. They did a great job there. You're right. Nine seasons is amazing for any drama show. And we must be thankful for that. Especially when we thought we were just getting eight. <laughs> and until recent, recently, season eight was the end. Clive Phillips and his team are ensuring that we get a different conclusion for Dexter. Whatever it is, there will surely be different opinions on it. But I welcome them. Send them in, guys, next week, and we'll lay it all out there together. Thanks again, Casper. Luke in Essex has emailed to say they had me from the opening. Absolutely loved the nostalgic feel. It took me back 10 years. I've felt like new blood has been drip feeding more and more nostalgia as the season has progressed. But the opening of this episode went to another level. Interesting that Scott told you this sequence was a flashback to an early kill and mainly the truth. I thought it was a fictitious story Dexter was making up to explain the Dark Passenger to Harrison, more of an example than a case study, if you like. Surprised Scott, scared, surprised Scott said that Wiggles wasn't deliberately based on the Joker. I thought last week that the wounds to Elric's mouth were a nod to Heath Ledger's Joker and this week they might as well have cast Joaquin Phoenix as Wiggles. It was uncanny, particularly when he was manically talking to himself in the mirror. This, coupled with the references of Dexter being like Batman, makes me feel it's far more deliberate. Either way, I like the concept. On a side note, Wiggles' dirty toes poking through his grim socks was rank. He deserved the table for that alone. <laughs> Quite. The transition from Dexter soaring Elric to the images of the Bay Harbor butcher victims on Angela's tablet was genius, and Deb calling Elric an old fuckbilly was a throwback to the biggest potty mouth in Miami. Vintage. Loved seeing Dexter and Harrison exchanging gifts. Was the shirt Dexter bought Harrison a kill top? Look that way to me. Perhaps he'll be sporting it in the finale. Harrison giving Dexter the picture of Deb had the same impact as their hug on me. Had to try hard not to choke up. I'd forgotten about Harrison's drawings being discovered by Zack and Scott earlier on in New Blood. Now it makes sense why we were shown this. Your wife's theory about Harrison and the rifle does worry me. There was certainly a lot made of it, and there would be an irony in Harrison having the same reaction to seeing Dexter at work as Harry. That said, I wonder if it might be used to aid Dexter's escape. If he is exposed as a butcher and has to flee from Iron Lake, could Harrison use it to clear a path for him? He seemed a decent shot. Wild guesswork at this point. Unless I've missed it, Angela and Dexter must have kissed and made up, at least to a certain extent, off screen. I was quite surprised he was invited round for Christmas. Dexter and Kurt's exchange of peace be with you was great. 
Typical Dexter humour made all the funnier with him wearing that ridiculous jumper. I spotted a few more throwbacks in this episode. A cabin in the woods on fire? Had to be a nod to the explosion in the Everglades at the end of season 2. The blood moon reminded me of the moon at the end of season 4 when we hear Rita's voicemail telling Dexter to take a moment and look at the sky. And of course we had more shipping container vibes with Kurt's underground museum. The museum was pretty shocking, although I have to say not as bad as I'd imagined. I thought it would be more an animalistic and wild display that you often see with taxidermy. That's not to say I didn't find it chilling though. It actually felt as if you were walking through Dexter's box of blood slides. Harrison, being bait to catch Kurt, took me back to Lumen doing the same thing when she and Dexter took down Alex Tilden in season 5. Another throwback. I thought this was nicely done. Harrison seemed to be gaining confidence naturally, having seemed a bit nervous when Kurt arrived at Angela's earlier on. Molly, watching over Kurt during the kill scene, was eerie. I could almost hear her narrating over the top. This scene would have made for one hell of an episode of Merry Fucking Kill. Sad, really, but props to those who guessed she was dead last week. Harrison, struggling with the blood running towards him, reminded me of the iconic scene back in Season 1 where Dexter hits the deck. I wondered if he was going to come undone, but he seemed back in control and at ease when they dumped Kurt into the furnace. The ending? I'm not sure. I did wonder if Scott let something slip on your pod when he said about Angel being called by Angela. We have only seen them meet at the convention. I've long thought that Angel was going to feature again, and I'm leaning towards it ending with Dexter finally being taken down by Miami Metro. As long as Dexter doesn't die... I think I can live with any ending, even if he goes back to lumberjacking. I just couldn't deal with all the excitement of the revival culminating with Dex dying. This time next week, we will have all the answers. To my fellow listeners, enjoy the finale. Thanks, Luke. That truly was an epic email. <laughs> you covered a lot of ground there, my friend, but I thank you for it. When I spoke to Scott and referenced the clown, when I referred to the clown, I said about the resemblance to Heath Ledger's Joker, but actually, and Scott said it himself, he was more like Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. Dexter's gift to Harrison, the top. It was hard to read the packaging, but it looked like, um, from the words I could make out, it looked like a thermal top, presumably bought from Fred's shop. My first thought was the same as you, though, initially. Is it the iconic kill shirt? About Angela and Dexter. Shy mentioned this too, after what had happened with them not being a couple anymore, or at least she wanted some distance. Why would Dexter presume to go round for Christmas Day? I guess they'd not officially broken up, but the message seemed quite clear from Angela. But like we talked about with Scott, Dexter just doesn't get social cues like most people. It seemed like it's their routine to go round on Christmas morning and exchange presents, so that's what they did. Angela, though, was obviously not comfortable about it. I don't think they've kissed and made up. You make a lot of great connections to the original series in your email. The one about Rita's phone call is particularly poignant. The mirror image you mentioned of Dexter in that blood-soaked room in season one is spot on. Scott mentioned this, how it was a trigger for Dexter, remembering what happened to his mum. So the pooling blood here was a trigger for Harrison's memory of his. 
And so we come to Batista. Honestly, Scott's comment about Angela calling him passed me by at the time. But when I listen back, I should say I don't usually do this. I'm not that vain. <laughs> but I always have listened back when I've done an interview with someone. When I listen back, he does refer to when she calls Batista, which hasn't happened. So presumably it happens in the finale, which would make sense for her to do. And there's been a bit of talk about this elsewhere on the internet. On Reddit it got mentioned as well, and on the Facebook page. So even if it was a little slip-up by Scott, I don't mind. It's something we might have reasonably expected anyway, given where we're at with the show at this point, where things are, where Angela's at in her investigation now. Cheers, Luke. Hope to hear from you again after the finale. Hey, 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 and welcome back to the Dissecting Fucking Dexter podcast. I'm your fucking host, Garrett Napkins. It's been a while since you've heard from me. I've had a bit of a fucking hiatus, but we'll get to that in a moment. There is just so fucking much we have to fucking talk about. You guys, OMG, Dexter is fucking ending. Can you believe it? It feels like just fucking yesterday that we were introduced to Jim Lindsay and his fucking friends in Iron Lake. And now we're gonna have to say fucking goodbye? I've got some final fucking thoughts leading into next week's finale, so let's fucking get into it. Okay, first order of business, Garrett, I can hear you fucking asking, where have you fucking been? Well, dear listeners, my girlfriend Stacy and I have needed a fucking break from all the stress and chaos in the world. We just returned from a fucking Christmas vacation in the exclusive and luxurious Diamond Head Hotel Resort in fucking Hawaii. We ate exclusive and rare fucking mahi-mahi, served with a side of duck larange with an exclusive and rare fucking roasted mango salsa, with the milk of a fucking virgin goat as a chaser. We also caught COVID, but it's the original variant from March 2020, so it was also exclusive and fucking rare. Check all my socials for all my pics from the trip, including the sweet Gucci ventilator Stacy was hooked up to. But onto the show. You guys, Molly fucking Park is fucking dead, and it's about fucking time too. Ever since that bet showed up, it was obvious her whole fucking character was a dig at me by the writers. She completely aped my style, my swagger, and my lack of inhibitions when it comes to following suspicious men to secluded cabins in the woods. They don't fucking like the high production value I bring to every fucking episode of this fucking podcast. They don't like the journalistic fucking integrity I have. They were threatened by me because they knew my idea of having Dexter being sentenced to life in prison for public masturbation was a much better fucking idea than whatever fucking bullshit they came up with this season. I'm just so fucking glad they're finally showing me the respect I deserve by killing her off. Apology accepted, Clyde. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Next up, we have some listener feedback. It's from Kyle in Scotland. Good day, Garrett. It's Kyle from Scotland. I just want to say that I love your show. I'm sub Dexter is ending, and I don't care what I'm going to do without your podcast every week. I still think Logan is Larry, and in the final episode he's going to be revealed as a big bad. I then I want to spin off what Harrison say, and I hope Dexter lives, and fuck all else can suck eggs. Until next week, smells like carrots. Thanks, Kyle. I always love to hear from my fucking listeners. I also don't want a Harrison spinoff, if for no other reason than dissecting fucking Harrison sounds like a gay porno tape and not a fucking amazing podcast. Missing persons alert. Where the fuck is billionaire Edward Olson? 
Angela was so obsessed with these fucking missing girls, but Olsen's been literally missing for seven fucking episodes. Where the fuck did he go, and why isn't anyone else asking these fucking questions? These are the kind of fucking rabbit holes that the woke, lamestream media won't be going down just because he's a fucking billionaire white guy. You listeners know I don't give up fucking searching until I get the answers that I want, and I've got an exclusive deleted scene from the show explaining where Edward Olsen went, and I'm gonna play it for you right now. Alright Harrison, before I shoot you with the sniper rifle I- Whoa! <laughs> look who's here! Hey Edward Olsen, you look like you've got something to say. Do you? Yes, I certainly do. I have to go now. My planet needs me. Well, dear listeners, we end on some fucking bad news. This is very likely the last episode of the Dissecting Fucking Dexter podcast. As you all know, Clyde Phillips told TV Line that the finale of Dexter New Blood will, quote, break the internet. We all knew this day would come. After Sunday, there will be no more fucking internet for anyone because the Dexter New Blood finale will fucking break it there's nothing we can do. Daddy Clyde has said it and so shall it be done. Thank you all for coming along on this amazing fucking ride with me. If you want, before the fucking internet is permanently broken for the rest of eternity on account of the Showtime series ending, you can follow me and the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, LinkedIn, Quibi, Tubi, Kubo, FUBU, Philo, Chud, and Megan'sLaw.ca.gov. Peace out, fuckers. Thanks, Travis. You know what? I'm going to miss Garrett Napkins. (laughs) Great stuff, mate. Finally, an email that really gave me a buzz. It's from Jason Zelensky. He says, Long-time listener, first time writing in. I just love the format of your podcast and the wonderful community you have cultivated. I've been meaning to write before now, but life has been quite busy since the show came back. I've been a Dexter fan since the show first aired and have read most of the books at this point. It was quite a wonderful shock when I heard they were bringing Dexter back and just happened to be filming it in my town. I live in Shelburne Falls, Massachusetts and grew up in the small town of Ashfield next door. I love that they decided it was a perfect setting to turn into Iron Lake, New York. They dressed up the town as if it were Christmas in April and I was even able to catch the filming of Dexter driving over the bridge over and over again and could hear the protest scene in front of the tavern in episode one from across the river where I live. I was happy to see them use Kurt's diner so much. I spent many late nights at that diner in my teens and early twenties. Having it on screen is so surreal. I've been enjoying the twists and turns of the plot in this season and the colder tone has been a great juxtaposition of being in Miami. I'm not really sure how things are going to end up this coming week but I can't wait. I'm not sure Dexter is going to make it out alive but I hope that Harrison does. I'm sure most of my local scenes have already been shown but if there is any way they could come back to film another season they are quite welcome. Everyone in town said the cast and crew were wonderful to have and certainly helped the local economy during the tough times we've had the last couple of years. All is that. <laughs> Thanks, Jason. How great for you to have the Dexter production in your hometown. But for me, it's cool, really cool, <laughs> that I have a listener in Iron Lake. Love that, love that. I heard that the production left all the Christmas decorations to the town so they could reuse them themselves each year. 
That was kind, and I'm sure the local economy will have enjoyed the boost from cast and crew using the local facilities. Did the crew stay in town, I wonder, or drive in each day? I don't know how remote Shelburne Falls is. Anyway, thanks for getting in touch, Jason. I appreciate that. And that's it for the feedback this week. Whoa, what an epic week. (laughs) Loads of stuff to go through. Uh, A particularly large number of voicemails this week. I think that's the most we've had in one week for a long time. Uh, But brilliant. Thanks, everybody, so much for reaching out. Um, Totally justified having a separate feedback podcast. And and to be honest, I'd have have done a separate one if I'd only had a couple of emails, to be fair. Because, as you know, I like to go through everything that you guys send me. Uh, If you can be bothered and take the time to write to me or or voicemail me, then it's the least I can do to um, play it and read it and respond. Thank you, one and all. That's it. For episode nine, then, we will be back next week, soon after the weekend, soon after the finale, and we will break down the finale in all its gory detail, I'm sure. Whatever happens, it's going to be emotional, I reckon. Will there be a dry eye in the house? I probably said this after the, uh, before the season eight finale. And that was emotional as well, although for a lot of people... Possibly for the wrong reasons, uh, but we'll, we're we're in a different place now, aren't we? And uh, optimism is pretty high among the fan base. That's that's what I'm hearing, pretty resoundingly from you guys, and and for me as well personally. Bring it on! <laughs> Enjoy the rest of your week, guys. We'll be back to dissect and dissect some Dexter very soon. Until then. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.